The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by IBM. Big data at the speed of business. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to take this opportunity to welcome our men and women in uniform who are joining us today over the Internet, and also new listeners in Chicago, Boston, Miami, and the San Jose areas. Thank you for being with us. In just a moment, former chief political correspondent for CNN and host of State of the Union, Ms. Candy Crowley will be here to give us a Washington insider's perspective on today's headline stories and talk about the highs and lows of covering multiple presidencies. There are few journalists who have had greater access to the White House and Congress, so we're in for a rare treat. But before Crowley joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about her background. Candy Alt Crowley was born in Kalamazoo, Michigan, but moved shortly thereafter to St. Louis and Crevecore, Missouri, and then Chappaqua, New York. She's a graduate of Randolph-Macon Women's College in Lynchburg, Virginia. Crowley's career in journalism began when she was hired as a newsroom assistant at Washington, D.C. radio station WASH-FM. She later went on to become an anchor for Mutual Broadcasting, White House correspondent for the Associated Press, and worked for NBC as a news correspondent before finding her home at CNN in 1987. In addition to being the chief political correspondent for the network, Crowley hosted Inside Politics and the popular Sunday morning talk show, State of the Union. Late last year, Crowley announced her decision to leave CNN. No one was surprised that she would leave on a high note, and what a high note it was. Her last interview was with President Obama. I want to add that Crowley has been the recipient of three Emmys, the Broadcaster's Award from the Associated Press, two Dirksen Awards from the National Press Foundation, the Edward R. Murrow Award, the Leonard Zeidenberg First Amendment Award, the Gracie Allen Award, and more honors than we have time to cite today. Suffice it to say, Crowley has broken new ground in everything she's undertaken, whether it was becoming the first female in two decades to moderate a presidential debate or the first female to anchor a Sunday morning news magazine. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report a journalist who has lived and breathed politics for almost three decades, Miss Candy Crowley. Thank you for joining us today, Miss Crowley. Oh, Rebecca, please call me Candy, and thank you so much for having me on. Well, I'm just thrilled to talk to you, and congratulations on your retirement from CNN and also your interview with uh, President Obama. You know, I I realize it's only been a few weeks since you stepped away uh, from something that you've been doing for decades, so how's it feel so far? Well, the the funny thing is, I've been sick almost since the last day at CNN, which was the 21st, until now, where I'm about 95, 98%. So I said to a friend, you know, I don't know if it's a fair judge how I do without CNN, because I've spent most of my time flat on my back in bed. But I listen, it was it was time. I mean, 20, as you've noted, I've been at CNN for 27 years. It's not so much that I'm retiring. I, I am retiring from CNN, as you correctly put it. But looking for something new, someplace new, as soon as I maybe take a trip to go scuba diving somewhere. (laughs) Well, you know, I've heard of a lot of people uh, that get sick on vacations. They get sick when they uh, leave a job. It's it's almost as though you give your body permission to just collapse or something. (laughs) Isn't it odd? But yes, that's what it felt like, you know, and you you don't want to spend, my my children are going, well, wait a minute, it's our first Christmas where you weren't looking at your you know, iPhone or on the computer to see if anything has happened and you're going to spend it in bed. And 
Yes, indeed. <laughs> I'll tell you, the same thing happened to me. I sold my company in Silicon Valley, and I was in bed the first two weeks. And I, and I hadn't been. The other odd thing is I hadn't been sick for years prior to that. Yeah, I, I think there's something in you that mentally kind of goes, ah, and it <laughs> to your body to go, okay, lie down. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, during your tenure, the media has gone through a huge transformation, and I don't think anyone could have anticipated 10 or 20 years ago that news bureaus would have to hire people to watch what's happening in social media or on YouTube or or, or even that there'd be so much consolidation in the media business. So, yeah. Yeah. So, in your experience, what what changes have most impacted political reporting? I think just the sheer number of outlets, and I'm I've always thought, no matter what politician I covered, that um, there always was. A, some sort of attribute that that politician had, which was both a great strength and a great weakness. And I feel the same way about this subject matter. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an information junkie. I think that more people putting out information, I'm also a First Amendment girl, so I'm all about freedom of the press and, you know, people picking up the pen or, the, you know, sitting down at their uh, laptop, whatever it is. But it has diffused information across such a broad spectrum that it's very hard to keep up with the truth. And I think that's the biggest change is just the sheer. I remember um, covering uh, George W. Bush campaign in 2000. Um, And at that time, a woman named Alessandra Pelosi, who now I believe still works for HBO, but she's uh, Speaker Pelosi's one of uh, Speaker Pelosi's children, Mm -hmm. who came on board with a, you know, one of those little handheld cameras. And it was rolling all the time. And it was in, you know, at at that point, we still had cameramen lugging 9,000 pound cameras and a sound guy and a producer and all of that. And she had a camera and an entire documentary came out of it um, that was very interesting and revealing and, and all of that. But it was the beginning of folks coming on uh, a campaign which uh, was nonstop. So 24-7, you've got a candidate that is never off camera almost. Uh, and I think that changes it. You know, when you go into Iowa in the early days, and, and let's say right now somebody goes to Iowa because they want to see what Mitt Romney's going to do there on a visit, or Jeb Bush, or, you know, whoever it happens to be. At this point in, in earlier cycles, you could hop in a car with a candidate and drive around to Iowa, and, you know, and go into the living rooms, and you sort of really learned who the candidate was. And I have to tell you that now, from the get-go, it is a, a, a traveling zoo. Like, it generally is at the very end of the campaign. Yeah. Now it's that way at the beginning. So I feel as though it has taken the press further away from the candidate and who that person is and what they're made of. It also uh, puts a lot of pressure on the candidates. I mean, they used to be able to manipulate their message depending on the audience or the demographics they were addressing at any particular event or state. Uh, And they tailor what they said a little bit. You're familiar with that from having been on the campaign trail. Now they can't really do that because, you know, they'll they'll go to speak to a union and then after that a business, a group of business owners. And, uh, you know, they'll it'll be all over YouTube. Well, he said this to this person, but he changed his message to another uh, individual. Absolutely. And, And, you know, and that, you know, to me, that's great. Right. Because it means there are cameras and microphones everywhere. So that's the, as I said, there's always like the greatest strength is always the greatest weakness. So to me, that's a great strength. They are accountable as long as there's someone around with a cell phone and a camera, right? Doesn't even have to be a journalist. But the the, the problem is... But are the journalists accountable? I mean, that's evidentiary, you know, right? I mean, that's a camera running and and, and a, uh, a candidate speaking. But what about those that are writing articles? 
about what right. they saw. I mean, there's mass, There's no question there's some mass confusion between what the real facts are and kind of opens the door a bit to uh, manipulation. Now, we're going we're gonna to have to take a, a quick break here. We're on a hard clock here, and I apologize for that. We're going to have to take a, a short uh, commercial break here. But uh, that's a, I think that's a good subject to talk about when we come back from break, and, and that is, you know, how do people, uh, what, what should people do to make sure the stories that they're reading about and that they're following and that they're covering are the truth. Because I know for me, I've got to read three or four newspapers, look at three or four uh, newscasts, and uh, and I just like to find out from you, where do you get your news? So when we come back, I'm going to ask you that, and uh, and hopefully you'll share that with us. Uh, we're going to take our short, uh, short break. We'll be right back with more from Candy Crowley. You're listening to The Costa Report. Big data is changing the way organizations work. From data-driven marketing and ad targeting to the connected car, big data is fueling product innovation and new revenue opportunities. It's creating a culture in which business and IT leaders join forces to realize value from all data. They infuse analytics everywhere and make speed a differentiator, gaining competitive advantage from faster, more informed decisions. Leading organizations are creating new business models, developing new roles, and defining new big data architectures, including an infrastructure that can manage and process exploding volumes of structured and unstructured data, in motion as well as at rest, while protecting data privacy and security. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash big data today. Today we have the honor of visiting with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellar. So tell us a little bit about your winemaker. Uh, Michelle Salg was the founding winemaker at Rotor Estate in Anderson Valley and really embodies what we were looking for in somebody who could deliver a sparkling wine project in an area that really hadn't done it the way that we were looking to. You've certainly been on the bleeding edge, and so has your winemaker. It has made all the difference in the world in the quality of wines that are coming out of Caraccioli Cellars. To find out more about Caraccioli Wines, visit us at www.caracciolicellars.com or stop by our tasting room at the corner of Ocean and Dolores in downtown Carmel, California. That's Caraccioli Cellars, C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I, Cellars, where one bottle is never enough. Hello folks, Michael Olson here, talking with Rena Mills, RV Service Center, way up at the top of Santa Cruz 2525 Mission. Rena, it's been hot, bad news for RV roofs. What happens during the summer is all those sealants at the top of your roof start cracking up, and in the winter, when the rain comes, you've got nothing but leaks everywhere. Well, it rained. So what should people do now that the rainy season is coming? Stop by RV Service Center for a free roof inspection. We climb up and we check all the sealants, caulkings to make sure that they're still rubberized and flexible enough to keep your RV watertight. So Rena had a good friend who backed up under some trees and now he's got a little nick on his roof. What should he do? Bring it down to RV Service Center. We'll inspect it and you can actually claim that as an insurance claim and receive a new roof. When you have your insurance work completed at RV Service Center, we give you a gift certificate equal to the value of your deductible. Wow, that's like a free repair. RV Service Center, 2525 Mission, way up at the top of Santa Cruz. Keep the water out, keep the fun in. Hi, I'm George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM, and I want to give a special shout-out to MZ and his staff at our longtime affiliate, KSCO AM 1080 in Santa Cruz. KSCO is a truly independent talk radio station that really does serve its community in ways that you don't see very much anymore. Most stations produce little, if any, original programming. KSCO is just the opposite. Most of the KSCO programming is locally produced and features topics and talent of local interest. I'm honored to host one of the few syndicated programs on KSCO, and I really admire KSCO's commitment to diversity, localism, and most of all, to putting out a powerful message about health and longevity through its strong association with the Longevity Company. I urge you to go online to kscohealth.com 
Purchase the Healthy Start Pack or Beyond Tangy Tangerine and start 2015 on track to good health. Go to kscohealth.com. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is legendary political correspondent and anchor Candy Crowley. And before the break, you were pointing out that there are more sources than ever uh, for the news, but this has also created a challenge for folks who are trying to figure out uh, which news is credible. So uh, how how do you go about sorting through this? Yeah, how do you sort through it all? Well, I, I have joked, sort of, Uh, that what we really need is a good housekeeping seal on the Internet where you could go and find out, okay, this site has been accurate 98% of the time for the last year. Since we don't have that, um, look, I try to go first to, if it's an issue, to both sides of the issue. So I'll go flat out to whatever the sort of leading proponent and opponent of an issue is and read what they have to say about it. I will check in with the L.A. Times, the Chicago Trib. Uh, certainly I read Politico. I mean, but I'm like you. I'm a news consumption junkie, and, and so I'll read everything. And I think about these people, you know, who are getting up and putting the kids in the car and going. See, it's our job to keep up. It's not their job to keep up. And so to kind of winnow it down, as you know, there are some fact-check folks out there. Um, you know, the Annenberg um, Public Policy Center does factcheck.org. Yes. Uh, the, the Tampa Bay Times has politifact.com. And I, it's a good place to start. In some ways, you know, fact checkers have now become part of the argument. So I know that that's out there. But those are places to go that have it. Brooks Jackson, who I uh, is I have known forever and a day, went to the Annenberg, the, the factcheck.org, and he's, he's a great reporter uh, and uh, used to cover ads, you know, fact-check ads and everything, and they, they've done wonders up there. So I tell people all the time, you have to read red and blue sites. You know, you, redstate.org, uh, uh, redstate.org or .com, but Red State is one place to go, Huffington Post. You know, do not confine yourself to the place that tells you what you want to hear. That that's exactly um, right. Uh, it, you know, but most people don't have time, as you say. Right. You and I are junkies, yeah. and we read everything and anything because we right. don't care. I mean, if there's a good idea, we don't really care who has it. Right. <laughs> so right. we we right. just want to be on top of it. But uh, but I think you know, given that uh, most families have uh, two working parents and they're working hard to. Uh, keep food on the table. Uh, they don't really necessarily have the time to do that. I'm for what you said. There needs to be some uh, some way of getting a stamp of approval. I I, I agree. There needs. I love that good housekeeping uh, stamp of approval. Right. I, it's funny because I've I've said that the kids in college and they look at me like, what is she talking about? So it must be something from. I just remember that from magazine. You know, the magazine Good Housekeeping, and you know, if the toaster got a stamp of approval, it's a great toaster. Well. We need. We really do need that for site. Right. It was. A, it was a testing facility. Yeah. It was a testing right. facility that tested it, and made sure that the the toaster didn't burn up and catch a fire, and and uh, was as it was represented in advertising. And and so you knew it had been. Uh, it had been uh, quality assured before you bought it. Right. And and we do need something like that. Way to do that. Yeah. I I, I yeah. agree. Uh, you know, not long ago, the Obama administration wanted to put observers inside newsrooms to determine how yeah. stories were selected. And, of course, that got such an uproar that the, uh, you know, that they completely backed off. Is that, in your view, something the government needs to study or is that something the free market's going to take care of? I think the free market, I think people um, can tell a good product versus a bad one. Um, it may take time, but uh, no, I don't, you know, the government in, in the newsroom or it'll, the government can study whatever the heck it wants to study, I suppose. I think that people tend to complain about, like, how many studies do we need to tell us, you know, what we already know. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact is, to me, the government's got no business being in newsrooms. I understand that, that uh, newsrooms cover the government. Uh, and if they want to make, if the, the quote the government, whether that's the you know the FCC or the White House, du jour, um, you know they're free; they can do whatever they want. But the idea of um, sitting in the newsroom 
having a government overseer, not overseer, but observer in the newsroom is chilling. Yeah, I know. I know. Every, everyone went crazy over that. And, yeah. you know, you, they might have they might have talked to some people in the newsroom before they made that announcement. But, you know, maybe that's just too logical on my part. Uh, so I'm going to switch gears here for just a minute, because there was a decision that you made that I just could not figure out. I ha- And I promised myself if I ever had a chance to interview you, I had to ask you this. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you come to be selected as the moderator for the Obama-Romney uh, presidential debate? Because I, it seemed to me like I wouldn't have taken that job. You can't win. I, 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 I mean, whichever side doesn't work blame, always blames the moderator. Right? It's funny because seconds before I went out onto the stage to moderate the debate, my, you know, as soon as I was fussing with my hair and fussing with my makeup and my senior producer was down there trying to, you know, keep me calm and everything. And I looked at him and I said, you know, when this is over, half of America is going to hate us. We're just not really sure which half. That's exactly you know? right. Look what they did to Jim Lair. Jim Lair couldn't have been more fair, right? He could yeah. not have been more fair. And, of course, he gets blamed for everything. I, I saw him a couple weeks after the debate, and, you know, he was shaking his head. He couldn't figure out what he'd done. I, you were at the top of your game. I thought, wow, wh- why would she do agree to do this? You know, I um, – and I would agree to do it again because it was great fun. But uh, how they called me and said, we've selected you and would like you to, you know, host a debate. And I said, sure. I saw it as a challenge. And was I um, was I aware of the kind of pressure that would be on before, during, after? I don't think you can know that until the, I mean, maybe I was, um, I don't know, naive to the extent of which it, you became like this sort of focal point, um, probably. But it didn't um, seem to me to be a controversial decision at all. It was like, oh, wow. Yeah. But you knew half the country would be upset with how you handled one of the candidates. Remember that, um, and and I guess, you know, it's funny. I should have, like, beforehand, uh, both Tom Brokaw, I think, and certainly Carol Simpson, had, you know, people interviewed them about, well, what's this like, and would you like to be the, you know, and so uh, Carol said, you know, go rogue candy, da 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 I thought, what are these people talking about? You know? <laughs> and, and Tom, I think, said something like, and I'm, I'm, these are not direct quotes, so it's something along the lines of, um, you know, you've got no idea what's about to hit you, or something like that. And, and clearly, you know, it is a lot more pressure before, during, after from just about everybody, the people that write you and say, you have to make sure this question is asked and don't do this and do do that and da, 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 you know, and all of that. But having said that, um, I it was still a blast for me. I mean, it was fascinating. Uh, and I, I again, I, I, I would I would do it again, but I'd be much more aware of how intense the pressure is yeah and how judgmental uh, the viewing public is uh, yeah. and and you know i i, I understand uh, for you it was a tremendous challenge and a tremendous opportunity and i could understand that but uh, given the success of your career i thought that was uh, that was taking a big gamble uh, but you know that's the kind of courageous journalist you've always been so you know i i guess i understand it from that standpoint and we're gonna have to uh, take another short break and when we come back we're going to find out what Crowley really thinks about the nation's business uh, and how it's being run in Washington. You're listening to the Costa Report. In the opening of All Quiet on the Western Front, Eric Maria Remark wrote, This book is to be neither an accusation nor a confession, and least of all, an adventure. For death is not an adventure to those who stand face to face with it. It will simply try to tell of a generation of men who, even though they may have escaped its shells, were destroyed by the war. Today, Project Healing Waters offers men and women that have escaped the shells of war the opportunity to heal by teaching our returning veterans to fly fish in some of the most beautiful, tranquil rivers in our country. These natural surroundings have the ability to restore the human spirit, and with your help, Project Healing Waters is able to reach out to thousands of our men and women in the military every year. For information on how you can help, go to projecthealingwaters.org. 
Please give and give generously to those who have put their lives on the line for you. That's projecthealingwaters.org. Help those who have escaped the shells of war and need your help to come all the way back. Hi, registered pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years. And what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. Wrinkles and aging skin and thinning skin and youthful skin are largely about the meat, about the connective tissue, muscle tissue matrix, which means we can exercise that too. You know, muscle tissue and connective tissue are responsive to exercise. You build connective tissue, you build muscle tissue when you lift weights. Well, if muscle tissue and connective tissue make up the bulk of your skin, it should make sense that you should be able to exercise your skin too to prevent wrinkles and crow's feet and turkey neck and all the other visible signs or most of the other visible signs of aging. So how do you exercise the skin? Well, there's a couple ways. First of all, you can literally do facial exercises, facial muscle exercises. You can contract your mouth muscles. You can contract your eye muscles. You can open up your eyes really, really wide, and then you can close your eyes slowly and open them and close them. You can move your chewing muscle, and it's one of the biggest, if it's not the biggest muscle in the body. And a lot of stress is held in this masseter muscle. It runs from underneath your ear all on the jawline, and it's where you clench. And it has to do with the stress response. And if you just relax that masseter muscle, you'll find yourself completely relaxing. This is how important working the muscles of the face is. And when it comes to anti-aging and aging, much of the aging of the face is due to these micro-contractions that occur nonstop. Learning how to work with the muscles of the face can go a long way, not only towards helping reduce the, some of the visible signs of aging, but also with reducing the signs and the symptoms of stress. Pharmacist Ben here urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos, too, at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. Hi, I'm Sam Quentin for Shirt Crafters, and I'm here with Shirt Crafters owner Scott D. Gold. And Scott, what do you think sets Shirt Crafters apart? Well, Sam, it starts with our graphic design department. We can take any tired old logo and turn it into an eye-grabbing brand. Then we can make that logo stand out in the community by turning it into a full-size vehicle decal. Next, we put that logo on polos, hats, and t-shirts, and just about anything else you can think of for your employees and customers for promotional purposes. And that's how we brand your business with Shirt Crafters. Top quality design and printing, fast turnaround, and right on the price. Shirt Crafters is located at 111 Engle Street in Santa Cruz, or go to shirtcrafters.com. You can give them a call at 831-423-0537. That's Shirt Crafter at 831 423 0537. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Candy Crowley. Uh, so, you know, I've been thinking maybe we could change gears for just a moment here and talk about uh, some of the challenges our, our leaders are facing uh, from a person who's been observing Congress and several White House administrations for uh, several years. Um, give us a little report card. Let, let's let's start with immigration. How, how do you think we're doing there? Uh, spinning our wheels. I don't know what the great grade is for that. Um, <laughs> But uh, that's incomplete. I don't know. Now it looks as though what we have is obviously uh, the House, well, they're both Republican-controlled, but the the House, which has, as you know, very different rules than the Senate does, Mm -hmm. uh, goes ahead and passes this funding bill, um, which is money that will keep the Department of uh, Homeland Security in money. Right. Right. So it's now controversial because uh, the House has moved to put on that bill things that will block the president's executive action that would that uh, that he did to sort of offer um, or shield uh, some undocumented workers from deportation. Okay, so now it goes to the Senate. Well, we still have in the Senate what we've always had. You need 60 votes to bring a bill to the floor and vote on it. 
and the Republicans don't have 60 votes. Now, once again, we have the Republicans stuck. Are they not going to fund the Department of Homeland Security? I don't think so. I don't think they want that to be the first thing they do right off the bat, being in charge on Capitol Hill. So you now have kind of a Republican versus Republican thing. Um, Certainly, uh, the Republicans can try to pass this bill on the Senate side, but the Democrats can block it. They can they can filibuster the bill. Okay, so then they block it. It goes back to the House and the House has to take out the things that won't pass. Right. That would block the president. Yeah, that would block the president. And then it has to go back to the Senate. In the meantime, we're losing time. So that's the spinning of the wheels. Right. Yeah. So why why do that? Why why send anything to the Senate that you already know isn't going to get the sixty votes? What's the point? Uh, to put that well, first of all, it, it, as you know, uh, John Boehner, the Speaker of the House, a Republican, has trouble keeping his folks, um, you know, in line. Now, what what the Speaker, what kind of bill the Speaker would like? I'm not sure, but this was the kind of bill that he needed to pass because Republicans aren't look the Republicans in the Senate. Or, you know, I'm thinking the president has exceeded his authority with these executive actions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the fact is that they can't get it through the Senate the way it currently is. And, you know, there's always push and pull between the House and what the House can do and what the Senate can do. And that's why they make conference committees. Uh, but, but I can't think of a bigger waste of time right. uh, and energy than sending something to the Senate that you already know in advance isn't going to isn't going to fly. What, unless you want to make a big political debate about it and say, yes, we had look, we did put forward a bill and it was a perfect bill and it would have solved all our problems from here to kingdom come. Only the Dems, uh, the Democrats blocked it. Well, is that is that it? I mean, are we looking for more blame? The party of no now, right? I mean, it's like who's on the other foot. So, who's the party of no? Well, the Democrats—they're going to block it. Immigration reform. Um, Now, mind you, this is not immigration reform. This is blocking what the the president did, which is different. Um, But I, you know, look—I think some of this leadership may end up coming from the states. We're in—I think. The House and the Senate have maybe nine months tops to do anything, quote, big on immigration. And by that, I mean a comprehensive bill. I just don't think that's going to happen. Maybe some piecemeal bills, but a big comprehensive bill. And then guess what? The 2016 presidential race really is underway. And you and I know it's already underway anyway. Right. So then it comes down to who is going to, you know, uh, pick up the baton for either party. And what you find is when you go out and you talk to some of these Republican governors, they're kind of a little more pro-immigration reform than the folks on Capitol Hill, because they're where the rubber meets the road, and they say, Look, this is a problem. It may mean that there is some faster track or uh, some better deal for those who are already here without documents, but we have to do something. So a lot's going to do. I think major immigration reform is done until there's another president. I really do. I just can't see it happening. Well, you you might be right about that, and that would certainly be a shame. Um, uh, again, you know, we I think people uh, did vote for a change uh, in Congress right. uh, because they they wanted to get out of this gridlock. But uh, you know, I think they've got a short amount of time to show that that yeah. vote was was uh, impactful and is going to break the gridlock. After which, it, it doesn't really matter which way it would have gone. Now, uh, right, well, let's exactly. move on to ISIS and terrorism ab- abroad. How are we doing there? How's the Congress and White House doing there? I, I think if there is is one, you know, how do we ever know? I, I just I remember um, thinking when the war in Iraq started, like that very first night. I don't know if you remember, and the bombs were going over uh, into Baghdad, and there was this kind of moment where you thought, "What's going on here? Do they? What do they know? We we certainly hope they're right. We certainly hope they're um, looking out for the right things." Um, I, I think the big question in Washington remains what it has always been. Where does privacy end and security begin? And uh, I think that's the debate that's going on now. I mean, obviously, everyone is united behind, okay, here are the bad guys, and here are the good guys. 
and everyone understands how much information, I mean, information is gold here, stopping these things before they happen. Um, and I, I think more and more what you are seeing, certainly after what happened uh, in France, is uh, even the best of information uh, somehow with very determined people who are apparently well-funded um, can really create chaos and tragedy. Um, and that feeling of vulnerability is, I think, something, you know, that is this century's sort of cross to bear in a lot of ways, because you, I think this is scary stuff. And every time you talk to somebody on Capitol Hill or even at the White House or even at the CIA who's involved in this, I remember asking um, uh, General Hayden once, former head of the CIA, I, I remember saying to him, like, given what you know, and I know you can't tell me stuff, but given what you know, who's more afraid about what's going on, me or you? Mm-hmm. And he said, me. And so, you know, that's, <laughs> I just think that these are, um, um, without, you know, you don't want to go out and, you know, cause, I don't want to yell fire in a theater, but um, these are very uncertain times, and what we're seeing is no place is immune. Well, that's not that's Belgium, yeah, not yeah. I I think yeah I think it is a very scary time. My my father uh, worked for the CIA uh, during the Vietnam War, and uh, when I tell people the information that the CIA had about the spread of the war into Cambodia, Laos, and putting illegal bases and illegal American troops in in these countries uh, without the uh, con- without congressional approval, without you know all these things, pe- people right. just shake their heads. And I said, there, there's a lot that goes on that. Just just cannot be made transparent as much as right. we we want it to uh there is no way to have security with full transparency we understand that Absolutely. but it's such nor a gray area to have right it is nor is there any way to have well there's no way to have complete security but more security almost always comes at a price that's right, an intrusion into privacy, and so you have to ask yourself if you can if you can stop an ISIS attack, but you got to tap everyone's phones and listen twenty four seven. Is that the appropriate price to pay? And I think that's the those are the uh, almost philosophical questions with that we've got to come to terms with, uh, and and there there uh, there there's no clear answer. I guess that's the best way to put it. And we have to take our final break, and we'll be right back with uh, Candy Crowley. You're listening to the Costa Report. No matter what business you're in, what happens in Washington can make the difference between business success or failure. That's why understanding where government is headed is so important in today's competitive business environment. But where can you find experts who know firsthand the inner workings of our nation's capital? The American Program Bureau is your leading source for speakers whose experience offer unique insights into where U.S. policy is headed. Speakers like Seth Harris, former acting U.S. Secretary of Labor, Alyssa Mastromonaco, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff, and General Carl Eikenberry, former U.S. Ambassador to Afghanistan. For your next meeting or conference, contact the American Program Bureau at apbspeakers.com or 617-614-1600. That's apbspeakers.com. The American Program Bureau, making history one speech at a time. Every day our world gets more complicated. Not only is new information coming at us faster than we can manage, new regulations, technology, and the effects of globalization have made it much more difficult to succeed. That's why I wrote The Watchman's Rattle, a book that, for the first time, explains how complexity makes it hard to separate facts from fiction and eventually causes us to make important decisions based on unproven beliefs. And not just us, our leaders also fall prey to this phenomenon. 
But here's the good news. Once you know the symptoms to watch for, you can safeguard against them. So please go to RebeccaCosta.com. That's RebeccaCosta.com and order your copy of The Watchman's Rattle. It only takes a few minutes and the shipping is free. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Do it now. You'll be glad you did. Hi, this is Erica Fisher. I'm a certified personal trainer at the world-famous Chaminade Resort right here in Santa Cruz. I've got some good news for you. Right now, I will award to the first five people who call me a free introductory personal training session at the ultra-luxurious state-of-the-art fitness center right here at the Chaminade in Santa Cruz. This personal training session will include a personal assessment, setting goals, and an introduction to using the equipment customized to meet your special situation. So call me right now at 831-588-7090. And if you're lucky enough to be one of the first five callers, I will be seeing you at the Chaminade Fitness Center for a one-on-one free appointment. 831-588-7098. Call now, 831-588-7098, ericafitness.com. Are you ready for this? Flight 1080 is looking for new members to join the team. You guys, I really don't want you to miss out on this opportunity. I need people in Hollister, San Jose, Gilroy, Watsonville, Salinas, and Monterey. All new teammates will receive free training and upline support. Go first class and enroll with the CEO pack and get free sales materials and attend VIP meetings. For a limited time, I'll include free business cards. That's right, free business cards for all new CEOs to help you get started. You don't want to miss out on this offer. If you have free access to a church hall or any other meeting place in these areas, contact me at 831-218-5726 or DM at KSEO.com. This is a golden opportunity for bilingual people too. Hollister, San Jose, Gilroy, Watsonville, Salinas, Monterey, and surrounding areas. Let's work smarter. Let's work together. To sign up by phone, call 831-218-5726. To join online, go to DaveMichaels.Youngevity.com. You'll find information in both English and Spanish. That's DaveMichaels.Youngevity.com or call 831-218-5726. That's 218-5726. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Candy Crowley. So uh, what what issues being ignored by the uh, mainstream media and uh, keeps you awake at night? What, what should we have our eyes on? Well, I, I do think that, and I mean this on a global sense, not a U.S. sense, I do think that the growing gap between the poor, and I mean the very poor, and the rich is not a situation that leads us to what everybody always says they want, which is, you know, peace and, you know, world peace and this and that. I think that the fact that that is growing biggest throughout the world, the abject poverty in some of these nations. And by the way, this is where a lot of terrorism is bred, right? In the poorest, most hopeless spots in the world. Um, and I'm not, it's not an excuse for terrorism, and I'm not in any way suggesting that, but I think that it is, you know, like sort of morally and policy-wise to ignore this story and to not be able to bring it to light in a way that people can, you know, grab hold of it um, would, is a, sort of a dereliction of, of journalistic duty, because I do think when you look at it, poverty does tend to be at the core of a lot of what ails the world. I cannot agree with you more. I, uh, to me, there's a very simple explanation for all this instability in the Middle East, and that is if, if you take a country, let's just take Egypt as an example, during Mubarak's reign, you have massive right. population growth. You can't make that kind of a increase when you've got less than 5% of your land is arable to feed your country. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Arab Spring comes about and they say, well, we, we need jobs, we need schools, we need hospitals. And I'm thinking, well, what you really have to do is... Well, it's not a surprise you would need those things if you have massive population growth. So exactly. even stepping back from the poverty issue, 
if you have that kind of growth in population but no infrastructure to take care of people, to give them jobs and a meaningful life, you're going to have instability. Absolutely. And I do. And again, you know, whenever this sort of brought up, people say, well, there's no excuse for terrorism. Absolutely. There's, there's no, I'm not equating poverty with murdering people. But I do think that's where discontent breeds. That when you are hopeless, um, that there, there, when there are no avenues, um, you know, it, that's where people begin to lash out. Um, and so just again, on a, not to mention just the fact that there are people who starve or who die of diseases they don't need to die of, um, who can't find a job. I mean, I, the unemployment rate, you mentioned Egypt. I wish I had it at the, you know, at the tip of my tongue. But the unemployment rate in Egypt among young men is ridiculous. And that's... It is absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. You know, I have a friend of mine who says that... Uh, Anarchy is just six missed meals away. You take any society and they miss six meals, they go into anarchy and absolute chaos. I, I think he's right. I mean, for me, uh, you take my hot shower away and I go crazy. Uh, but but, but, I, but I, I will say that in these countries uh, where you have massive population increases and no opportunities, you're going to have revolution and instability. And the fact is, is that no matter what government structure you put in, democratic, fascist, whatever, they can't solve that problem overnight. In fact, I would say that the instability will continue for a very long time until those economies can catch up. Absolutely. And it's not a, it's not a, it's say it's, it's not some short-term thing, but to me, it just, it just, and and I think for journalism, since that was the the basis of your question, I just, it is, it is, there has to be some way to bring this home to the land of plenty, you know, some way to have a viewer or a listener or a reader grab onto this story and say, holy cow, what can we do? I don't know what that is. I've got no great ideas. Yeah. You can't just do a story about, oh, my goodness, there's a big wealth gap and there's a lot of poor people in the world and let it go. No, you're right about that. There's got to be a way to to make it resonate, just like when Dan Rather brought the Vietnam War into our living rooms. When he went down there and started reporting on the front lines, you know, that that had such an impact on us. And I think in that same way, we've got to connect with what what effect that poverty has. Now, now, before we run out of time, I have to ask you about your plans. Uh, you know, not too long ago, Jane Pauley, she wrote a book about uh, people over 50 reinventing themselves and gave all these examples. And, and, uh, and so there's a lot of rumors that are floating around about uh, uh, Candy Crowley reinventing herself, possibly uh, as, a, uh, as a person that joins a presidential campaign. What, what's that all about? That will not happen. <laughs> I didn't. Right I didn't think so, but I had to ask. Everyone's saying no. She's joining Hillary Clinton's campaign, and I said, I just don't no. see that. <laughs> well, you you are spot on here. There is no way um, I would join a campaign uh, or a politician, or I, it just it's just it's too deeply in my bones. Um, you know, to me, that's the dark side. Yeah, you but know, you know, they're going to come right. after you. They're going to they're going to come after you, which uh, because uh, who else is more knowledgeable? I mean, that bridge between the media and campaigns. Uh, you've got yeah. the experience on both sides, but uh, boy, I, I think you want to tape every refusal and uh, collect all your letters that say, you know, no, thank you. All the polite ways you say, no, thank you. Uh, to that. And I have, and honestly, I, I am, I have nothing against politicians, even as long as I've covered them, but I just don't see me in that. It's just not what I'm, uh, you know, primed to do. Well, hopefully, yeah, you uh, get a lot of massages, visit, visit a spa, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, go to some really nice uh, resorts and have some great meals, drink some good wine, uh, enjoy your retirement. And, uh, you know, a, an idea, as Jane Polly says, an idea will come to you. Uh, unexpected out of left field. Uh, lastly, I know I'm going to be inundated with listener emails asking me how to stay on top of your activities. Do you have a website or are you on social media where people can keep track of you? I am on social media and I think it, I'm going to give out the wrong one though. <laughs> my, my, whoever was on uh, Crowley C, let's see, 
Crowley CNN on Twitter, right. it, it changed automatically to Candy at Candy Crowley. I think. Okay. So All right. So they can they can find old. you on uh, they can find you on Facebook, although yeah, you prefer that Facebook they don't find you for a little Twitter, while. Yeah. Yes, I am going to go do a little scuba diving, but then I'll be back, and I really will figure out the next act. That's wonderful. I hope you'll come back and tell us about it. Now, that that's all the time we've got left, but uh, before we say goodbye, I, I want to make sure that I thank you for your public service all these years. Thank you, Miss Crowley. Oh, Rebecca, thank you so much, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Come back soon. Deal. If your station is leaving us after the first hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with Candy Crowley, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're all over the Internet. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Regardless of your political point of view, uh, if you're a person who stays on top of the news at one time or another, you've been the beneficiary of Candy Crowley's career as a political correspondent. She has had access to the administrations of Reagan, Bush Sr., Clinton, uh, George Bush, uh, Obama, uh, you know, just and everybody in Congress and reported on the important challenges that our leaders in our country have faced. And, and now Crowley's going to take the next step in her career and reinvent herself and I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to seeing where she takes her experience. If you have some thoughts about what Crowley had to say today, uh, take a moment to send your comments to me by going to our webpage, RebeccaCosta.com. It's easy to remember. It's myname.com. And uh, click on the word contact at the top of the homepage. And if you missed the full interview with Crowley or any of our other previous guests, remember you can download episodes of the Costa Report from our website, Apple iTunes, Podbean, Voice America, and our YouTube channel. You can also find our weekly radio blog posted every week on our webpage, and the blog captures the headline news from our interviews. So if you do ever have to miss a program, which I hope you don't, uh, you can still find out what our guests had to say by reading the blog. It's it's short, it's to the point, uh, and it reports the kind of news that the mainstream media won't. And while we have a few minutes, let me take time to thank listeners around the country for taking time to order the Watchman's Rattle over the holidays. It's now in its ninth printing. And if you haven't gotten a copy of the book yet uh, and want to know what all the buzz is about, you can also pick that up at our website as well. My guest next week was the former president of Pepsi and CEO of Apple Computer, John Scully. He'll be here to talk about a radical transformation that's taking place in American business, one every entrepreneur should have their eye on. Don't miss the always controversial John Scully next week on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for a second hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 